Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a nutshell on this Wednesday morning, middle of the week, 20th of July, 2022. Right around Australia on the SEN network. Daniel Pedigree with you over the course of the next hour before the breakfast shows come along from 6am. If you are listening outside of New South Wales and Queensland, Maddie Cox back with you on Monday morning. I'm here today and tomorrow. Jordan Canales to look after things on Friday. Uh, That's for our listeners outside of New South Wales and Queensland. For listeners in New South Wales and Queensland, I'm with you all the way through and looking forward to it and a lot on our agenda uh, over the course of the next hour as well. A lot of rugby league and AFL news floating around. There's news coming out today about a basketball game on Christmas Day. We'll get to that before our first break. The football last night at the MCG, 76-odd thousand there. We'll talk about that as well. And in about 15 minutes, going to be joined by cricket commentator Jack Clifton. I know we're in the middle of rugby league and AFL seasons, but we're not that far away from the start of the summer of cricket. In fact, as you'll hear when I talk to Jack, the summer of cricket actually starts uh, in late winter this year, next month. So we'll talk about all that and also Australia's a uh, bit of a review of Australia's tour to Sri Lanka as well. Phone number, as per usual, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 You can text 0457 736 736. Let's get on with the show on this Wednesday morning. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. To the rugby league news, to the AFL news, to the football from last night shortly. But let's talk about this. Uh, In both uh, major papers in Sydney and Melbourne today, uh, if it's not back page, it's close to back page. Jingle balls is the headline. And the reason the headline is there, because it looks like the Sydney Kings are ready to turn a silent sporting night into one giant party. The Sydney Kings will host the NBL's first Christmas Day game against arch-rivals Melbourne United, with the historic feature being held a game-changer for Australian sport. Now, we've spoken about this for many, many years. In fact, I remember speaking about it over the summer period, about the Big Bash mainly, whether we could ever see a Big Bash match on Christmas night, uh, we have Christmas Eve, we have New Year's Eve, um, New Year's Day, but not Christmas Day. And uh, I know when I spoke about this earlier in the year, the audience was divided. So going to be interested to hear what everyone thinks about it tonight. The Kings, the defending champions, have locked in a 7.30pm time slot to take on Melbourne United in a Christmas Day blockbuster at Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney. Now, the idea to play Australian sports first match on the 25th of December was pushed by Sydney co-owner and NBA champion Andrew Bogut. The retired boomers great wanted the Kings and the NBL to emulate the NBA's long-running Christmas Day game tradition, which is a ratings blockbuster. 
The world's best basketball league has been playing on the traditional religious holiday since 1947. Now, Andrew Bogut understood that playing on Christmas Day was foreign in Australia, but he could see the potential for the NBL to mirror the NBA success, especially from a television perspective. Now, as I mentioned, cricket, uh, Cricket's Big Bash uh, has floated the idea of playing on Christmas Day back in 2019, but the governing body opted against the concept following consultation with the players, clubs and broadcasters. The BBL had scheduled two matches on Christmas Eve in 2018, but attendance fell short of expectations, according to Cricket Australia. Just 10,508 people attended the Sydney Derby on the night of December 24, 2018. So Paul Smith, the King's chairman, has said, it's the last scheduling frontier in sport in Australia. We are changing. We are a changing society. Christmas isn't a holy event for all of us, and it can be a lonely day for a lot of people. So to be able to come out a world venue, for, come out to a world venue for a world-class game of basketball, or just watching the Sydney Kings and Melbourne United at home on television, it's a game changer. The NBL has welcomed the sport's first Christmas Day fixture. We are thrilled to be uh, bringing such a massive encounter to Christmas Day, particularly given we will be the first professional sport in this country to do so. All right, your thoughts, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Now, if you are a Sydney Kings fan or a Melbourne United fan, would you be going to this game on Christmas Day? Now, as I said, 10 and a bit thousand to a big bash game on Christmas Eve in 2018. But Christmas Day, 7.30, are you going to go? Or at the very least, would you watch it? Now, I think I'm very mixed on this. I think it will get a decent crowd. Um, and I, I think the ratings on TV will be very good. Um, but I can understand some people think, well, maybe we shouldn't be playing sport on Christmas Day, one day of the year where we leave sport alone. Interested to hear your thoughts. Would you go or would you at the very least watch it? I mean, it has to be said on Christmas night, if you're not doing anything, there's not much on TV. You go to other parts of the world, they've got bumper TV, not sport, or what America does, but even in the UK, they've got bumper TV schedules with all their big TV shows. But Australia, really very quiet on Christmas night. So would you go or would you watch? 0457 736 736 or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, and it has to be said, if this becomes a success, you would imagine the big bash will follow in the next couple of years. So your thoughts: Would you go on Christmas Day to the basketball? If you're in Sydney, would you fly potentially from Melbourne to Sydney to go to this game? I can't imagine many would, but interested to hear your thoughts. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Sport on Christmas Day going to be very interesting to see how that plays out for both the Sydney Kings and Melbourne United. Happy to hear from you. Your thoughts this morning. We'll get to your texts, your calls very, very soon. Uh, now, meanwhile, a bit of rugby league and rugby union news going around. Back page of the Daily Telegraph saying Parramatta coach Brad Arthur has described suggestions he wants out of the club as funny, stressing the Eels have never been a better place for a premiership under his nine-year reign. It comes as Canterbury, it seems, is the club that has been sounded out about Arthur's coaching future. Nothing is likely to eventuate from the Bulldogs' link. 
Speaking at Wyong, Arthur laughed off suggestions his management team, Pacific Sports Management, had this week offered his services to another club. Contracted to Parramatta until the end of 2024, Arthur said he not only had no knowledge of any approach made on his behalf, which is not not surprising, although you think you'd want to be around, and he also revealed his agent had also denied pitching him to any rival bosses. So there you go, Brad Arthur, at this stage... Uh, if you believe what he's saying, and there's no reason not to, is going to be staying at the Parramatta Reels. 0457 736 736 or one 1170 If you're a Parramatta fan, how do you feel about this talk about Brad Arthur leaving? Um, sitting in, what, fifth, sixth position, seven rounds to play, beaten Melbourne, beaten Penrith, um, but still some inconsistency in that Parramatta game. And, I tell you what, with the players that Parramatta are going to lose at the end of this season, this is a huge year for them to potentially win the premiership because if they don't, maybe that premiership window might just close. Your thoughts on that if you're a Parramatta fan? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Back page of the Courier Mail today saying that Holbrook is safe for now, the Gold Coast Titans Coach Now, Titans boss Steve Mitchell has declared Justin Holbrook will not be sacked immediately as pressure builds on the uh, besieged coach to avoid a wooden spoon collapse this season. Gold Coast hierarchy has broken its silence on Holbrook's future, with Mitchell saying he wants the former St. Helens Premiership winner on deck next season to preside over the Titans' revival. But Holbrook faces a perform or perish scenario with the next month to be critical uh, be a critical barometer of whether the Titans can be resurrected on his watch starting on Sunday against the Bulldogs at Combank Stadium. A series of heavy defeats will put Holbrook under extreme pressure. Now the Titans they lost last week to the Newcastle Knights and speculation started about Justin Holbrook's future. Uh, speaking for the first time about the coaching saga, Mitchell says the Titans' gutsy 16-12 loss to the Broncos is evidence there is no dressing room revel- revolt against Holbrook. Asked if Holbrook will be the Titans' coach in 2023, the Gold Coast chief executive well, well said, absolutely, we are com- completely supportive of Justin, Mitchell said. I think Justin needs time and patience. It's the mark of a good organisation that is under pressure to actually have the patience to allow the environment to evolve and improve and not be reactive. Gold Coast Titans fans, 0457 736 736 or 1300 Do we think that Justin Holbrook is going to be there next year? Uh, important last six or seven weeks of the season for him. I think one of the issues is, is that um, he would be another, yet another coach gone and there's only so many coaches around in the NRL at the moment. Um, I'm sure they'll be able to find one. Um, but Justin Holbrook, safe for now, according to the Gold Coast Titans. Back page of the Herald Sun this morning. A homecoming for Liam Jones back to the Western Bulldogs is a step closer after a secret meeting at football bosses Grant, uh, Chris Grant's Williamstown home. The former Blue was spotted entering Grant's house with his partner on Tuesday morning where he sat down with Dogs officials, including list manager Sam Power. 
Jones is in Melbourne to hold talks with a number of clubs after the AFL last week cleared the way for the vaccine-hesitant defender to play next year. The Bulldogs desperately need to boost their tall defender stocks, and there is a fairy tale feel about a player who they developed for six years returning to the field. Now, Jones, he's 31, played mainly as a forward during his 66-game stay at Whitton Oval before he moved to Carlton, where his career t- took off when he switched to defence. He walked away, as we know, from Carlton after 95 games in seven seasons last November because of the AFL's vaccine mandate. He has been playing for Palm Beach Corumbin in the QAFL. Uh, happy to see him back. Western Bulldogs fans, AFL fans, would you happy to see uh, Liam Jones back in the AFL? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 And finally, if you were at the MCG last night, we talked about this with Jonathan Gallo uh, yesterday morning. He'll join us tomorrow as well to continue our road to the World Cup. 76-odd thousand people there at the MCG. 76,499, to be exact, at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. And I know that COVID hasn't completely gone away. We are in the midst of another wave. But how good is it to see these types of crowds at both the AFL, football, big crowds at the NRL as well, major sporting events? Over the past two years, that would be a dream-like scenario but almost 77,000 people there at the Melbourne Cricket Ground last night. Would love to know if you were there and if you're listening, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 76,000 people there. Manchester United in the end uh, won 3-1 against Crystal Palace. Um, an entertaining game uh, from all reports. Uh, a bit of a fiery reception um, for Harry Maguire being booed Last night, uh, basically all the United players were met with uh, universal applause throughout the game. However, Maguire was forced to win over United's passionate Aussie faithful who booed him each time he touched the ball inside the early stages of the contest. The Jeers, however, did peter out as the first half wore on. Were you there last night to watch Manchester United up against Crystal Palace, where, as I say, 76,499 people there. Manchester United 3, Crystal Palace 1. Would love to hear from you if you were there. Got news on Rugby Union as well, a bit more Rugby League, a bit more AFL news as well over the course of the next 45 minutes. But most importantly, your calls and texts on the agenda this morning. Sport on Christmas Day. The Sydney Kings are going to be hosting a basketball game, an NBL game at 7.30pm on Christmas Day night against Melbourne United. Will you go or will you be watching or you are completely against it? one 300 one 736 Again, I don't mind the idea, but happy to take all opinions, good or bad. Parramatta fans, how are you feeling about Brad Arthur? He's saying he's going nowhere, contracted to the club until the end of 2024. But there has been talk over the past couple of days and this is a huge year for Parramatta and you think the coaching career of Brad Arthur. Similarly, similarly with also Justin Holbrook at the Gold Coast Titans. Um, in the AFL, happy to see Liam Jones return. Of course, left after not wanting to get the vaccine. Looks like he's going to be returning to the Western Bulldogs. Let me know about that. And if you were at the football last night at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, love to hear from you as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 or 0457 736 736. Detect your call soon after this, though. We're going to have a chat to Jack Clifton Cricket. Not too far away. 
it's always being played, isn't it? We've just finished our tour to Sri Lanka, and the one-day series against Zimbabwe starts in just over a month. So we'll have a chat with all of that about cricket, everything about uh, the summer of cricket, the Big Bash as well. Uh, some interesting things after their draw was released yesterday or last week as well, last Thursday as well. So plenty on our agenda this morning, 0457 736 736 or 1300 A break and then we'll talk cricket with Jack Clifton. It's a quarter past five. Welcome back, Tradies. News in a nutshell. Wednesday morning, keep those calls and texts coming. one 1170 or 0457 736 736. Well, I thought we would turn our attention to cricket. Yes, we're in the middle of a very interesting last seven weeks of the NRL and AFL seasons. But before long, we've got the summer coming up. We've got the Big Bash as well starting up again. And we've had Australia just recently tour Sri Lanka. And just the other day, a one-day squad was was named without Australian captain Pat Cummins. So a lot to get through, and I thought we'd speak to cricket commentator Jack Clifton, who is on the line now. Jack, good morning to you. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Uh, let's start with the tour of Sri Lanka. I think it's fair to say mixed results. Uh, won the first test match, then lost the second test. How do you see the whole tour uh, really played out for Australia? Do you, do, you, do you claim it as a successful tour? I know... Pat Cummins came out and said they learned a lot from it, which you'd think they'd be learning a lot from every match of cricket they play. But mm-hmm. how did you see that tour for Australia? Yeah, I, I think you could classify it as um, as a success. Obviously, mm. the second test didn't go the way that Australia planned, um, but, but really it was just that capitulation in the second innings of that second test that, that effectively handed victory to the Sri Lankans. They batted very, very well, and they played very well in that second test, but Australia was in a, in a, in a position where they scored 364, and you you score a, a, you get a score like that in, in most test matches, you're, you're going to be right up there with an opportunity to win the game. So things obviously didn't go very well for the Australians there, but you look back on the, the first test against Sri Lanka, where they dismissed the Lankans for, for 212 and 113. They bowled brilliantly. They they scored 321 in that first innings as well. We saw some good individual displays. So um, I, I wouldn't say that it's it's a failure by any means. I, I I think I probably agree with you that it certainly was some mixed results. I guess when you throw in the the one day international series that Australia lost uh, three games to two, but. Any time Australia goes to the subcontinent, it's going to be difficult and probably did learn some lessons. They've got a four-match test series coming up in February and March early next year against India, which mm. is a, a terribly difficult place to tour. Um, and Australia's had issues in Sri Lanka. You probably have to go back to uh, the, the days of the, the late, great Shane Warne and, and Ricky Ponting and Adam Gilchrist and that those great sides where Australia's had success um, uh, against uh, Sri Lanka. They might not be a powerhouse cricket nation like they were uh, eight or ten years ago when they had the likes of, of Mahela Jarwardne and, uh, and Kuma Sangakara, but they're still a very difficult side to play and difficult conditions. So I, I think Australia would be pretty content with that one all-series draw. Now, the summer of cricket, uh, it feels really weird to say this. It's actually starting in winter, uh, the 28th of <laughs> August. It seems to get earlier and earlier. And look, I'll get your thoughts on the team or the squad named in just a second. But Jack, just to take listeners through just some of what to expect over the six months of cricket over the summer, you've got the one-day series with Zimbabwe that, as I say, starts on the 28th of August. That's followed by uh, three games against New Zealand, uh, then two 20s against the West Indies, 
uh, followed by a T20 series against England. That's then followed by the T20 World Cup, which will go for about a month, um, and that is here in Australia. And then we've got another one-day series against England before we finally get into the Test Series, uh, which the first one will be starting on the 30th of November against the West Indies, and following that will be three tests against South Africa starting December 17. That is a massive a massive summer of men's uh, cricket in terms of test matches, one day as T20 World Cup. So I'm not surprised Pat Cummins is taking a break for uh, the next or the first one-day series against Zimbabwe starting on the 28th of August. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. He actually won't be playing in the uh, the following three match series against New Zealand mm. up in up in Cairns. There, there is a lot of short form cricket, and I guess the the part of me that's a bit of a, a traditionalist and, and loves the longer form in the game is kind of worried about what the what the players, especially what the batsmen, uh, will be like in terms of of form um, and quality when they do come into that longer form of of the summer. Because there is a lot of short form cricket, the T20s and ODI series that you just spoke about. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be going to be a long and, and arduous summer, I feel, for a lot of these players. Uh, just looking through the squad that Australia named uh, for those uh, those ODIs uh, that I guess they're calling the the top end series up there in in northern Queensland in Townsville and Cairns um, in in August. It's a pretty strong squad when you you mm. look through the names. Obviously, no uh, Pat Cummins, but. They're going to be uh, led again by uh, by Aaron Finch, and then you you have people like Cameron Green, Josh Hazelwood, uh, Glenn Maxwell, Steve Smith, uh, Mitch Stark, David Warner, uh, Marcus Stoinis. Uh, you can go through the whole list. There's, there's quality throughout there. So by no means are Australia um, uh, just uh, hoping to to give a bit of experience or exposure to to second tier uh, players within their squad, which was an, which was maybe an opportunity that they they could have had to to give some of those guys an opportunity in the international scene that might not normally get those uh, those chances. But they've gone with a very strong squad, and uh, especially against a side like uh, Zimbabwe that would would love to try and um, upset Australia in a couple of those those ODIs. It, it promises to be a, a a fascinating couple of series up there in northern Queensland. Yeah, and the cricket this summer as well is going to be interesting because I'm not going to say they, they it obviously dominates the summer, and but they don't. I mean, the A-League has proven uh, when it started definitely to be big competition for the summer of cricket. The A-League, as we know, has sort of, uh, well, wouldn't say failing over the past few years, but definitely the eyes watching it have gone down. So they need to reinvent themselves over the next couple of years. Basketball sort of taken off a bit in this country as well over the past five years. But you've also got, and I know the time difference is going to be different, but uh, throughout all of November, you've got the Football Soccer World Cup over in Qatar, mm. which will dominate headlines, especially at least for the first uh, couple of weeks when the Socceroos are in so they're going to have to deal with that uh, cricket but I imagine with the time difference you are going to get some games I think probably overnight most of the games will be overnight here in Australia so they probably mm-hmm. won't have to worry about it too much but it is an interesting sporting uh, where we are in sport at the moment when it comes to cricket over summer because as I say and we'll talk about the big bash in just a second but as I say the landscape at the moment cricket really mm-hmm. it's almost gone back 10 or 15 years hasn't it Jack where cricket really does dominate that summer period, apart from maybe the two weeks when the Australian Open tennis is on. Oh yeah, you're spot on, Dan. Yeah, there's, uh, they've certainly got the monopoly on what's happening during these summer months, and, and rightfully so. Cricket is is uh, is a game now that's played all around the year, and we see that with the Australian side and all the di- different international tours that they do and the different mm. formats they play. But in Australia, it's strictly 
uh, a summer game. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be lots of people flocking, especially when you look at the T20 World mm. Cup. Uh, Australia um, gets a chance to, to host a major World Cup for the first time since 2015 in the men's game. Um, and then, of course, it was just prior to COVID that we saw mm. the Women's World Cup where they set uh, the ground record at the MCG for a women's international. So Australia's had some exposure to, to hosting some big events and, and, and thank goodness that, um, well, I don't want to say COVID has settled down, but we've, we've, found, we've found a way to kind of deal with it where we can have big crowds back at, at major sporting events and let's hope there's some really big crowds there. But yeah, it is a bit of a throwback and I think it's also a bit of a throwback that we're having a lot of, um, a lot of series now as well, a lot of ODI and T20 international series between Australia and other nations. So there's not going to be any shortage of cricket. I, I guess the the traditionalist in me is probably just a little bit sad that it's not like it was back in the day where we were able to see all of the matches on on TV. Obviously, I've got I've got a subscription to uh, to to Care Sports, but mm. there is a, a lot of people that are probably a little bit upset that they don't get all the cricket on free to air TV. But the Test series uh, coming up against uh, against the West Indies should be a, a fascinating one, and it's uh, yeah, it's going to be um, plenty of eyes eyeballs on what the Australian team um, can do this summer under under Pat Cummins, who, who moves into his second year of leadership as captain of the Australian side. And yeah, there has been a lot of talk over recent weeks and recent months as well about the television contract with Channel 7 and where the cricket on free-to-air may end mm. up. We'll uh, find out in months to come on that one. And I am right in saying, just before we quickly look at the Big Bash, that T20 World Cup, that uh, that was rescheduled. It was mm. set to be here. When was it? The start of last year or the end of 2020? Everything sort of rolls into one at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it might have been the end of 2020. Mm. I'm not mistaken, Dan. So they've had to wait a couple of years for it, but mm. um, yeah, be be interesting. Australia obviously defending their crown as well, so it should be a, should be a great campaign. We talked about uh, the A League starting to struggle over the past few years. I think the Big Bash has started well, struggled immensely <laughs> over the past few years. And when I mentioned the tennis, uh, when it's up against the Big Bash, you look at the TV ratings. It's always the tennis nine times out of ten that will win those TV ratings, and that wasn't the case five ten years ago when the Big Bash was in its peak. Now they released their draw last Thursday and I mentioned on the show that on the back of a lot of talk restate of origin especially in New South Wales and Queensland where the games aren't kicking off until 10 past 8 quarter past 8 I think Big Bash have decided they're only going to kick one game off if that's probably the probably not the right expression but start one game uh uh, after 8 o'clock once throughout the whole tournament, so uh, at least local time. So I think that's a really, really good move um, and a step in the right direction for a competition that I think definitely has been struggling over recent years. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good move. Um, I think it makes sense. You, you just need to speak to NRL fans. Um, and even AFL fans, uh, they they're probably feel feel the same way of, of matches starting far too late, especially when kids have um, have got uh, got school or whatever the, ne- the next day. Um, it's yeah, I think I think it's pretty ridiculous some of the um, yeah some of the the match dates and match times and, and different things. I guess the interesting um, point to to note about the the Big Bash season, the men's uh, BBL campaign, is the fact that it's actually only one day shorter from last season. So mm. I feel like uh, yeah, the BBL hasn't really been restructured in the way that fans would have wanted. There's still going to be a 14-game season, seven games home, seven games away. And I understand that Cricket Australia, they wanted to do that because... COVID had obviously ruined the seasons uh, in, in the last couple of years and, and they wanted to, to repay the faith to the sides and also the supporters of the different different franchises. Uh, but I, I still think it's far too long. I think yep. the finals are slated for the, the qualifier or the, the preliminary final, so to speak, is the 2nd of February. The finals, the 4th of February, and it starts on the 13th of, of December. I think initially... 
um, when it first starts, especially the first couple of weeks, um, there's there's always a lot of people that are um, that are pretty keen on on, mm. on the the campaign of the Big Bash and having uh, having cricket uh, on TV almost every night. But when you throw in the the T20 World Cup, uh, these one day series, these T20 international series, the Test matches. It can be it can be a little bit too much, even for for a cricket head like me that that, that loves to have cricket um, on, on the TV or on the radio, um, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So I, I feel like they've they've missed a beat a little bit there. I think less is more when it comes to um, franchise tournaments like this with the Big Bash. We'll have to see what uh, what fans say on on social media and the like uh, over the next couple of months once that once the season starts. But I feel that um, yeah, fourteen games is probably uh, a bit too long. You probably want fans wanting for more, uh, and when you when you're getting those kind of responses on social media, I think you, you know you're onto a good thing. But I guess it, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens, Dan. Um, mm. One change they have made um, in, in terms of quickly wrapping up this is um, the the new player international player mm. pool or uh, the the international player draft. Um, that itself is probably a little bit confusing for people to understand. Um, I know Cricket Australia has put up a, a nice article that's explained um, all of those difficult questions that people have, but whether that will um, add a bit of impetus and add a bit of spark to the, to the BBL tournament, we don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens once December 13 rolls around. Yeah, December 13, Big Bash starts, and, yeah, I agree. And it's probably more of a chat that we'll be having once I return uh, from my holiday. I think I'm back on air. Uh, Boxing Day, I think so. Uh, that'll be a big day for cricket in itself but I think and I remember when I was doing some of the overnight shows over the summer period last summer that one of the big talking points was the big bash and how long it was going for and for you to say there's only one day shorter they obviously haven't gotten the message I thought when big bash was at, was at its best four or five weeks and to be perfectly honest just get it done by the time the school holidays end uh, or even make it a four-week tournament yeah. throughout the school holidays but no doubt as I say there'll be a lot of talk about that throughout December and January we will talk a lot during that period of time as well and as we build up towards the summer of cricket starting in winter which is a bit strange we might chat to you uh, at the end of next month that first one day on the 28th of August which again and not really got time to go into it now it's sort of a weird time to be playing cricket up against both the NRL and the AFL finals but they need to fit everything in so I suppose fair enough Jack thank you mate we will chat again soon Always a pleasure, Dan. Cricket commentator Jack Clifton. Thoughts on any of that? Do you reckon that Big Bash series is too long? I think it's way too long, but uh, we'll have to live with it at least for one more year. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 We'll take a break. Come back with more. You're listening to Tradies News in a Nutshell on this Wednesday morning. Yeah, good to have your company to your techs in just a second. But don't forget, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Australia's biggest Beaumont Tiles, together with us, want to boost your business. Head to iCanWin.com.au and you could win a $25,000 advertising package to, to promote and grow your business. Connect with Beaumont Tiles and enter now at iCanWin.com.au. 0457736736 or 1300-01-1170 to your text now. Uh, this is our Makita Power Play today, by the way. Don't forget, Makita helps you rule the outdoors this season. This one from Dean saying, sports on Christmas Day. No, I'm very traditional and like peace and quiet. However, I would watch the T20 cricket if it was on Christmas night instead 
of the Grinch. Yeah, this on the back of the NBL launching a Christmas Day game in Sydney at Kudos Bank Arena. If you're just waking up and haven't heard this news, they're going to be playing Melbourne United 7.30pm on Christmas night starting this year. Uh, the brainchild of Andrew Bogut, the NBL fully behind this idea. Uh, mixed thoughts throughout over summer when we were talking about it potentially happening with the Big Bash. We'd like to hear your thoughts this morning, Dean. Bit of a mixed message there. Not sure about it, but probably would watch the T20 cricket, uh, cricket if it was on. Uh, will you be? Would you go to the basketball? Would you go to any sport on Christmas night uh, at 7:30 p.m. That game getting underway. 0457736736 or 1300-01-1170. Uh, yeah, uh, look, I'll, I'll probably watch it to be perfectly honest. There's not much else on Christmas night, but I understand some people don't want a bar of it. Uh, your thoughts on it? Will you go to the Sydney Kings game? If you're a massive Kings fan, are you going to go on Christmas night and watch the Sydney Kings in action? Another one here saying another soccer game on again tonight. Love it. All these EPL clubs out here. Yes. Uh, So last night, 76,000 people at the MCG. Tonight, up in Townsville, Brisbane Raw will take on Aston Villa. And, of course, Aston Villa won that game against Leeds on Sunday. So if you are heading to Townsville, that will be good. And on the Big Bash, after our chat with Jack, this one, pity Chris Gow can't return to the Big Bash. Yes, he's an attraction for fans. Um, Yeah, well, and uh, gets more people going to the games. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, And I think as well, that's something, and I know Jack did make mention of it where it's changed a little bit, but we really do need more big names at the Big Bash. You look at when the competition launched and when it was in its heyday six, seven, eight years ago, the amount of homegrown stars, they were fantastic as well, but the amount of international stars the Big Bash League would attract would have been sensational. So hopefully we can get more of those guys in, but I, I agree, I think, and I think this is going to be a hot topic over summer, but I do think that what Jack said about the Big Bash tournament itself being a bit uh, shorter, I think is a very, very good point. Your thoughts on all of that? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 is the way to get in contact with me this morning. Sport on Christmas Day, yes or no? A bit of rugby league news around Manly. Fords, Jake Travojevic and Andrew Davey have been ruled out of Friday night's clash with St. George Illawarra after testing positive to COVID. Travojevic wasn't named in the Manly side before the game against the Dragons after getting the virus on Sunday evening. Davey has been named in the Manly back row, but well-placed sources have confirmed he too has COVID and won't play. It's a double blow for Manly ahead of the game with just two points separating the 8th-place Seagulls and the 11th-place Dragons on the NRL ladder. Uh, Tova Sipley has been named as the starting lock to replace Travojevic, and I think we're going to see a bit of this in the NRL and the AFL over the next few weeks with people testing positive. We're getting a a lot of extra cases in the community. And uh, if they allow uh, players to mingle with the community um, and the rules stay the same as they are, we have to isolate for seven days. I know there's talk in especially New South Wales and Victoria about that potentially easing back to five days, but that's not going to be until September, Uh, potentially after the AFL grand final and maybe uh, could quite possibly be an NRL grand final week, but that's still five days. So it's going to be interesting to see how these clubs who are going to be involved in both the NRL and AFL finals handle this. Maybe it's not such a big deal over the next six or seven weeks, um, and they are expecting the peak of cases to go down by then, but COVID's still going to be around. 
Um, and you don't want a star to be getting it, as we saw in State of Origin with Cam Munster. You don't want a star to be getting it just before a big game in the finals or, worst case, grand final. So I wonder if, if the rules are not going to change, I wonder if uh, the sporting bodies, both the NRL and the AFL and the clubs, respectively, it might be up to the clubs, might put them back into a so-called bubble for the final series. We'll wait and see what happens with that one. Uh, AFL news, and just sorry, just quickly on Rugby League as well, good to see Luke Keary making his return back for the Sydney Roosters as well. Uh, been out for six or seven weeks with concussion. He's had a history of concussion. We'll see how he goes this weekend against the Newcastle Knights, that game on Friday night. I mentioned yesterday about this news out of Collingwood. Uh, their ruckman, Brody Grundy, refuses to be dragged into speculation he could end up on the trade table at the season's end. Grundy still has five years remaining on a seven-year contract worth about $1 million a year. However, the Magpies have been happy with the performances of backup ruckman Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox since Grundy went down with a PCL injury in round six. When asked yesterday if he expected to be at the Magpies next year, Grundy told Channel 7, I'm not going to be dragged into that. I've signed a long-term deal and I'm looking forward to getting back into the team. I'm putting my hand up to play this week. It'll be finding that out. I'll be finding that out today, but I've had some really good preparation. So, uh, Brody Grundy, that speculation does continue there. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01. 1170. Now, news in rugby union today, and Eddie Jones has been in the news right throughout the past few days. And we know the Wallabies, they lost that series to um, England the other night, losing 21 points to 17. Uh, However, uh, he's been asked by Rugby Australia, Eddie Jones, if he's ready to return home. Back page of the Sydney Morning Herald today that Rugby Australia has made preliminary contract, uh, contact with Eddie Jones to find out whether he would be open for a role with Australian rugby after the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Jones, who was in charge of the Wallabies from 2001 to 2005, is off contract with England at the end of next year's showpiece tournament. Jones has remained tight-lipped about his plans for 2024 and beyond, but a return to Australia for a potential tilt at the 2027 World Cup on these shores is likely to be appealing. Now, the Sydney Morning Herald has been told by sources who spoke on the condition of uh, nominity the, uh, that RA has been targeting Jones for some time. Rugby Australia is on to uh, is open to the possibility of Jones coming on board in a director of rugby role, but is also willing to explore whether he could make a stunning return as coach of the Wallabies. Wallabies coach, current coach Dave Rennie, is contracted with the RA until the end of 2023 and could be offered a contract extension if Australia's performance uh, and they, at the World Cup and before the World Cup in France next year if they perform well. However, his winning percentage of just 39% since he took over in 2020 is not as high as Rugby Australia would like it to be. Senior figures at Rugby Australia would love to have Eddie Jones back in the coaching role and back with Australia. Your thoughts on that? Uh, Look, I think he was a fantastic coach for Australia. He's done well with England as well. We've got a Rugby World Cup starting in 2023. Next year, 2023, at the back end of it. The Wallabies have been struggling. Yes, they were competitive against England. And I think Rugby Union, it has to be said, in this country has been struggling for quite some time. So to get someone like an Eddie Jones there, and look, who knows what Australia will do in the World Cup next year. Um, but they haven't won the Bledisloe Cup in God knows how long, 20-odd years. So 
to have someone like an Eddie Jones um, back and maybe making the Wallabies side competitive, possibly even going on to win the World Cup. Having the World Cup here, I remember when the World Cup was here in uh, 2003, it really, really helped rugby. Um, and, and it was a really three or four, five years of glory years of rugby union around this country, especially uh, in on the eastern seaboard, and then has gone downhill over the last 10 years. But to have a competitive Wallabies, to have Eddie Jones potentially as coach for that 2027 World Cup, I think it's a good idea. Uh, rugby, uh, rugby Union World Cup, the next one, though, uh, next year in 2023 in France, so not too far away. Uh, let's check your weather across the listing area today, right around the country it is today. Sydney, top of 16 degrees and showers. Melbourne, 13 degrees, morning frost and sunny. Brisbane, 19 degrees and a shower or two. Perth, a top of 21 degrees and showers increasing. Adelaide, partly cloudy and a top of 14 degrees. Hobart, 11 degrees and sunny there. Got Canberra, morning frost, partly cloudy, a top of 13 degrees. And Darwin, 30 degrees and sunny. And just some news on the Canberra Raiders before a break. Ricky Stewart, there's been a lot of speculation this year about what's going to happen with, with Ricky Stewart. Well, it looks like he's going to be staying with the Canberra Raiders. Uh, he's going to be jumping off that NRL merry-go-round after agreeing to a contract extension at the Canberra Raiders into at least the end of 2025. He's locked up his future at the Raiders. The club, of course, he took a grand. They took him to. He took them to the grand final back in 2019. Stewart's name had previously been linked to the Canterbury Bulldogs after a third party made an inquiry about his availability. But Stewart has made it clear he will not coach against the Raiders at any point in the future. Uh, it's expected this announcement will be made next week, within the next week. Stewart is only five short of Tim Sheens' all-time Raiders record for most games coached in at Canberra. Overall, Ricky Stewart has coached 459 games, which puts him in fifth position on the all-time list behind Wayne Bennett, Tim Sheens, Brian Smith and Craig Bellamy. We know he won a competition in his first year of coaching in 2002 with the Sydney Roosters. So Ricky Stewart, there's a bit of speculation throughout the past couple of months, whether he'll be at the Canberra Raiders or not, but looks like within the next week that will be announced that he'll be there for another couple of years. 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. The number back with some of your texts to finish up the show. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. Certainly is, and we were talking cricket earlier through SEN six SENQ six ninety three AM. Manus Lubbershane will be on with Pat and Brooke Hansen, who's filling in for Ian Healy at the moment after six AM. If you're a cricket fan, well worth tuning in to them after six AM. A few texts to finish off the show. Uh, sport on Christmas Day. No name on this text, but they say if it gets me away from my mother-in-law on Christmas Day, I'll watch it. Uh, well, you could spend the day with the mother-in-law. Um, and then the night watching sport. Good combination. Um, what about the grand final, AFL grand final entertainment? Robbie Williams at the MCG. Yes, looking forward to that. Be interesting if he jumps up with Kylie Minogue. Yes, yeah, seeing kids, isn't it? I sing. Uh, yeah, good. I love Robbie. I haven't seen him, but he'll be good to watch. Uh, he also says, uh, my locks for the AFL finals after round 18. Geelong, Melbourne, Brisbane, 
Sydney, Fremantle, Carlton, Collingwood and Richmond. Thank you for that. And another text here saying, I'd love to see NFL football here in Australia. San Francisco first, Dallas Cowboys, come on down. I'm sure there was a story uh, not that long ago, about four or five weeks ago, about the possibility of an NFL game coming uh, to Australia in the next couple of years. Thank you for those texts. I'll leave you with this one, and football news involving Sam Kerr. And she is set to grace the cover of the upcoming edition of the FIFA video game series. The Chelsea striker was unveiled as one half of the FIFA 23 cover. Uh, Kerr has enjoyed a brilliant two and a half years in London, scoring nearly a goal a game at Chelsea and being named the Super League's player of the year for 2001 and 2022 as Chelsea finished on top of the ladder for the third consecutive year. So Sam Kerr going to be one half of the new FIFA cover for FIFA 23. Thank you for your company today. Back tomorrow, we'll start previewing round 19 of the NRL and plenty more. Breakfast not too far away after the news and I'll catch you back here for the Thursday show tomorrow morning from 5am. Have a wonderful day. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.